0: It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Avengers: Endgame. Hey hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky and I'm joined once again by my brother Dusty. What is going on, Dust? Hey, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Dust, but I love you 3000. <laughs> uh what didn't we used to say to our mom um like i love you infinity or something like that yeah something i cannot remember that was a long time ago but yes you're probably probably right about that your memory is probably better than mine yeah yeah something like that but yeah i man i went to this movie twice now and it came out on friday and we're recording this on what's today wednesday mm-hmm. um so i've already seen it twice i went once by myself in 3d because my wife can't she can't watch 3D. It really gives her a headache, which is a huge bummer. Um, but I watched it in 3D. And then I went on the $5 Tuesday and took the entire family, uh, like, around noon. And we watched it all just yesterday. So it's it's fantastic. Now, sometimes, um, and, I've, and as you and I have watched movies back to back, like, if we go and watch it. And we say, that's so good. Let's go watch it again. Usually, it's like a, not a dud. It just doesn't nearly live up to the first time. And you get kind of let down and it happened to me every single time I go watch a movie really quick but now this time it absolutely did not do that I was totally totally engrossed in it and it was terrific Nice, man. I'm so glad to hear that because the past few days I've been so busy with stuff outside of movies that I haven't been able to watch it a second time. So I'm really glad to hear that you loved it just as much the second time as the first because I agree with you. Sometimes when that second watching comes three or four days later, it doesn't hit home um, uh, like, like the first watching. So I'm super stoked. Um, I'm actually going to take The Wife because she didn't get to see it on Friday last week. Um, we're going to go tomorrow on a little date time, a lunch time, I guess a lunchtime, date time thing while the kids are at school, you know? Nice. Hey, before we get into further in the movie, I am going to be taking, and you know that our dad flew out here to Phoenix with us. So he's having a good time here, and I have something planned. So I have two kids' birthdays, like back to back. I have my anniversary in like four or five days. Um, our dad he is here. And what we're going to do is we're going to drive up to Sedona, which is basically about an hour and a half drive from Phoenix. And Sedona is beautiful. Most people have seen the red rocks and the red cliffs and all that sort of stuff. It's just amazingly beautiful up there. And we're going to go hot air balloon riding. So we are, or I'm so excited. They have no clue what's going on. Um, they just know that we're going to be going to Sedona. They know that we got to wake up at four o'clock in the morning because, you know, they, they do the sunrise and everything. It's really, really cool. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be really, really great to go in hot air balloon riding above Sedona. Really super fantastic, um, present that I'm gonna get to give everybody. Man, that is awesome. I'm, I'm totally, you didn't tell me this until just now. So I'm so jealous of you. Um, you know, sometimes in Clovis, ah, you know, you and I grew up in Fresno and Clovis area. They have the Clovis Fest or might be big hat days where they have those hot air balloons up in the air. And I know that near us, I can at any time on a Saturday or Sunday rent a hot air balloon and take the family. I just haven't done it yet. So I'm pretty darn jealous of the fact that you get to take the family, um, <laughs> although I can do it at any time. You know? So I think maybe you going is going to spur me to finally uh, take the family myself. Yeah, and that very well could be um, something you could do in Fresno. Here's what I thought of. Um, So in Phoenix, Phoenix is basically a valley. There's some uh, mountains. They're not really huge, but there's some mountains around Phoenix um, in a good spread out, like, I don't know, 30 miles away. So they're really, really far away, but you can see them. And so I thought if we went on a hot air balloon ride in Phoenix— We're just going to be looking at desert like it's all flat and there'll be some mountains in the far distance. And I thought, why don't I go to a place that is beautiful that when you go up, you're going to see more than just flat desert. And so that's why Sedona really hit home and it's going to be great. So whenever you come out here, if you don't, then that could be something that we put on the agenda for you guys to do. Nice, man. That sounds like a good plan. I love that idea. Fresno is pretty beautiful. We do have mountains. We're a valley just like where you are currently, Um, but there are some nice mountains around. I doubt from however far you go up, I doubt you can see the ocean from Fresno from up there unless you were like two miles up in the sky or something. But um, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Thank you for that idea. I love it. And I'll also put um, take some pictures and we'll make sure we get those on the show notes as well so people can see what because ha- basically it's so awesome and beautiful in Sedona and we got to wake up at four o'clock in the morning because you see the sunrise and everything. It's just going to be terrific. Nice, man. I am jealous. So uh, let's go ahead, and and for myself, in Fresno, eh, nothing's going on. The kids are in school. Same old, same old. uh, You know, brand new month of May going on, so kids are in school. We're just doing our same old thing over here. But uh, anyway, let's get to Avengers Endgame. Right away, I've just got to tell you, Dust, and I think you and I probably feel exactly the same, this movie gets an A-plus rating. Wholeheartedly. I mean, easily. In fact, I would put the first part... Infinity War with this one um, and say it's an A-plus story from the very beginning. Like, the entire, like, as they wrote the story out, plays so well together. If you watch them back-to-back, you wouldn't see any hiccup in anything. Obviously, the story's written all together. They recorded it all together. They didn't have to, like, have two years hiatus in between and get the actors to come back and all that sort of stuff. It was all shot at the same time. Everything is was absolutely phenomenal and they pulled it off so so well. Without a doubt it they did. And I learned from a different podcast, the Empire podcast, they interviewed the Russo brothers and it, it was pretty interesting. The Russo brothers said they actually had the the basic script and the idea for Endgame written before Infinity War. So this, I mean, you know, when you write scripts, you're going to kind of write them independently. You're going to finish one full movie, then the next. But they knew where they wanted the entire story to end. They knew they wanted, and of course, before I say anything else, spoiler, <laughs> spoilers abound in this episode. So if you've listened up to, up until now and you haven't seen the movie, turn it off, go watch the movie, and then come back. Because what I'm about to say right now is probably the biggest spoiler although maybe many people might have seen it coming but they knew for the longest time before they even wrote infinity war that tony stark would die at the end that they would do the snap and bring everybody back all that stuff was written even before infinity war did you did you know that i well no i didn't specifically know that i just assumed because in telling the story like that, you're going to have to understand the arc of how the story's telling. Not yep. every single word, every single instance, but you need to know where the story's going, um, especially when you're making something as big as this. Uh, you know, when you have The Lord of the Rings, the trilogy, the three different books, you know, he's writing that he has the whole plan going all through his head. Um, Same thing with like J.R. Or J.R. Tolkien, but then also um C.S. Lewis with Chronicles of Narnia. Like you understand where you're going and- Piecing it in later is something you can do. You just need to make sure you know where you're going. But I didn't, absolutely I absolutely did not know that they were going to kill off any big character like Tony Stark. But that was super awesome. See him go out like that, literally saving everybody, and now he could finally rest because he's he's like us. Like we will never rest until we actually die. And so that's something that was really really cool to see. It's like okay, now it's time for you to rest. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. It was a really fitting end. Super sad, of course. I mean the idea that now he has a daughter, and it's pretty obvious in their interactions from uh midway through the movie or whenever it was when we see the daughter at the cabin. I mean he loves her, he loves Pepper Potts' his wife, he's a family man and everything. He's left the superhero life behind. And then to lose that is such a shame and it, it really I, I definitely cried at the end. I didn't cry when he died, but later on at the cabin, the whole funeral thing totally uh uh, tears were coming down my face yeah yeah so the, the the russo brothers did a fantastic job in the storytelling the the directing everything about it like there wasn't any there were some nuances of endgame that i really didn't like and i'll quickly go in not quickly it i have to jump into a few of them that i didn't like one i absolutely hated that they destroyed thor i thought having thor go like you might be you're, you're I, I could imagine you'd be completely okay with it um but I just didn't see that being his character to literally let himself go like that and be so horrifically, uh, morbidly, ob- not morbid, but like obese and a drunk. And uh, it just didn't seem like that would be a good fit for his character. You know, he made a comeback in the end. So I didn't care for that at all. What do you think about Thor? I was totally fine with it. And you have a pretty good read on me. And the reason why is because he had the opportunity to save trillions of people half of the universe he felt the weight on his shoulders they didn't know it at the time they weren't relying on him but he felt the weight on his shoulders he is the one that went and got stormbreaker he knew that he could save the day he came in at the end and lost and failed from his perspective he totally failed at the end half of the universe is dead because he did not go for the head and i would imagine that if you really I mean, if that really did happen to you, even if you felt like if three people died because you failed, your life could possibly be shattered. Half the universe died. I can understand how that would affect his mental state. He would go into a deep spiraling depression, try to uh, escape those ideas or those thoughts any way he could, and he took up video games with Korg and drinking as a resolution to that. So I absolutely think it was funny. Like, the character... Um, after the fact and everything that he did like uh Chris Hemsworth did a fantastic job acting just super hilarious I love watching him play Thor it's just been terrific watching him play Thor and I liked every bit of it. Um, I just didn't like that they actually made that, but as they did it, it played out funny and very well and all that sort of stuff. And I really I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Well, I just didn't like that they I know took that him you that didn't direction. like it, but you understand the reasoning why like it does make oh, absolutely at least logical mental state sense, right? Yes, absolutely. Why why was he the only one? I mean, I knew they all dealt with it in different ways, but he was the only one that literally went in. But anyways, we can move on from that. So that was one thing I didn't like. Another thing I did not like um, was with, and I love the movie, so I'm just pointing out a couple nuances that I didn't like. Um, Are you You nitpicking dust? (laughs) I am, (laughs) even (laughs) though I'm not creative, so I could not do a better job. Mm -hmm. But one thing I would say, I did not like that he gave up Thor gave up Asgard, um, saying that what's her name prove, is proven to be a leader and everything. I, we have not seen her proven to be a leader. You know, she was a drunk and everything. Now she's back. But, anyways, I didn't like that he gave up Asgard to then try to rule and lead the um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I did not like that. I thought it was just awkward. I understand that he wants, he, like, he's he's a he's not a king that sits on the throne. He actually is somebody. He's a warrior. He's a fighter. He goes out and does stuff. So, I did not like that. But I love that we're going to see him in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I'm so excited to have Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor in in together. That's going to be amazing. 100%. I agree with you wholeheartedly there. But I disagree. Well, okay. I accept his decision. It's not like I disagree. It's, uh, okay. Him giving the role of king, or now I guess queen, of the Asgardians um, to Valkyrie. I was fine with it, actually because he's gone through so much, he just needs to escape. He needs to get away from Asgard and do other things. And like you said, he's the guy who's on the front lines. He's not really a king that sits in the background on a throne while other people do his work. So uh, it didn't irk me at all, but I can understand, you know, it, it makes logical sense to me that he would do that. And I agree with you. I cannot wait for James Gunn to finally, um, uh, I wouldn't say escape the shackles of Suicide Squad, but once he finally is able to complete that movie, get it released sometime next year, and then get to Guardians 3, I cannot wait for 2021 to see that one as well. It would be super awesome if, if he and Tika, Tika Waititi or something like that, uh-huh. the Tekka. director of Tekka, yeah. Um, if they work together somehow, I think they would be phenomenally brilliant in making Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I'm super looking forward to that. I agree with you there. Taika seems to have a really good grasp of the character of Thor and what kind of comedic presence he can bring. But not only that a few times in like Thor Ragnarok and in this movie and in in Infinity War you see some dramatic sides to Thor as well as to Chris Hemsworth you know the actor behind it and he can play he's such a good actor he's good at both the comedic and the drama roles and I think them working together like you said um just like in Infinity War James Gunn wrote some of the scenes for Infinity War for the Guardians within Infinity War Taika would probably write some scenes for Thor or at least give some opinions to James Gunn and the writing team for that and I agree with you there it would would be good to see them kind of collaborate on that one yeah what was funny i was watching after because you and i don't watch the trailers i don't want to see anything oh and one thing i will bring up was i did see for some reason and i mentioned this in a a few episodes ago that i on social media i saw that it had wolverine and um, deadpool wearing avenger suits like a picture of it (laughs) so somebody did like you know they they Maybe one of them did it or something, but I was like, dude, how can they bring Wolverine and Deadpool into the story? And so I just, I didn't want to read into it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to know anything. So I closed it, but that was the thing. I was like, there's no way they're doing something stupid like that, but, and they obviously did it. but you and I don't watch trailers because we don't want to know anything about the story. And I was so blown away with the story and everything that it went... And I had no clue what was going to happen. And I experienced it from the very beginning. And so what was neat after the fact, after watching um, Endgame, I was watching some commentary... Not commentary. um, Like interviews with some characters um, and actors. But one thing was really fun. So I really like Thor Ragnarok. And there was one scene that's just hilarious. It's where Hulk busts through uh the, you know, into the uh um, the Col- Coliseum, and then Thor goes yeah i know him he's a friend from work and i was like that is such a brilliant line and apparently that was, and this Chris Hemsworth is retelling the story, saying that there was a kid there who had he was he was ill, you know he was just on the set. It was like a, you know a nice thing to do to a kid that's ill, mm-hmm. visiting a set. And he the kid said, "Hey, you know what you should do? Say, hey, hey, that's a friend from my from work." And so that was put in because of this kid, you know had just had this idea. So, anyways, I love how these directors and writers can be funny and see, hey, that's funny, let's put it in there. And I think working together with James Gunn and Tika YT, i think that would be super super awesome to see all that come together 100 percent, i agree with you and one of the things i really like about the marvel all the marvel movies the directors the producers they seem to be really collaborative and they often speak about things like we're doing this for the audience the audience wants to see this oh if you remember in avengers uh infinity war um when those space dogs are coming out and attacking them at the end, Rocket calls them space dogs. Well, they got that idea from somebody who saw a pre-screening of the movie and gave comments on, whoa, those are some crazy space dogs. So they used her comments within the movie. You know what I mean? They, they take feedback. They're totally willing to listen to the audience, listen to their collaborative partners, listen to the actors, take their feedback and make a better movie. They're not like all... Uh, high and mighty like oh I'm the director I know what I'm doing this is it's my way or the highway they're nothing like that all collaborative effort and it makes sense that I mean it's taken 11 years and 22 movies to lead to this and I don't think any other creative team could have ever pulled something like this no way this is a once in a lifetime thing I highly doubt we'll ever see another universe built this way again I completely agree and you know what was also really cool James Gunn realized and you know the after scene of guardians of the galaxy where you have um groot dancing as a little you know twig mm-hmm. dancing in the little pot and everything well he realized that so many people loved that they were buying the the dolls and buying the you know little pots of him dancing like it was such a big deal he's like I got to do that. Like he, he originally, and this is what he said in an interview, he was just going to have Groot grow up and, you know, already be back himself. But he's like, no, we got to play on this. We got to really emphasize that he's growing up. And that's how it became in the script that he was growing up being a little kid or a little baby kid and all that sort of stuff. And now he's a teenager. Super fun to see that. Oh, uh, without a doubt, man. I'm looking forward to Guardians 3. My guess will have a full size or maybe like a 20 something Groot would be pretty interesting what they could do there. Absolutely. Now, I was looking at the budget for this movie is 400 million dollars. Can you freaking believe that? <laughs> that is a crazy amount on one movie to spend. Absolutely. I I bet in marketing, they probably spent maybe half that, if not maybe twi- like, you know, the same amount. So they're probably at like maybe 800,000. Sorry, 800, 800 million. 800 million dollars, but they've already made in the world 1.34 billion dollars that's freaking that. amazing man that is and they're only going to be making more this is the first it hasn't even been a week yet and so they're going to be making so much money and it's disney um and marvel studios man they're just terrific oh without a doubt and did you know that i think it might have been 10 years ago 2009 2010 right around there disney paid marvel 4 billion to own this franchise and if you just run the math and look at all the numbers, most of the movies make anywhere from like 800 million to 1.5 billion or whatever Avengers Infinity Wars, they've made their money back and then some over and over again. And that's just movie releases. That's not products and toys and DVDs and and uh, Amazon movie purchases or Netflix, whatever that is, licensing fees, you know? I mean, they uh Disney and Marvel are killing it profit-wise and I think Well, not I think I know it's all due to the fact that they are creating incredible movies that all of us love and incredible characters that we want to go back and keep watching over and over again. Was that after Iron Man started or was that they bought it to start Iron Man, the whole thing? You know, I'm not sure the exact timeline right there, but it's right around the Iron Man movie, the first movie. Okay. Yeah. I, i in seeing that when you think of $4 billion from Disney, that's a chunk of chain. That's a lot of money. But when you think about, they saw the long-term, the big picture, Hey, this is going to make us hand over fist billions of dollars. And it absolutely has Uh, without a doubt. You know, this movie, this, I, I think this is probably, this has to be my number one movie of all time, just because It's the culmination of 11 years and 22 different movies all leading to this. They pay off so many things from the prior movies. The characters have incredible arcs. The story of just this one movie is great, but it also completes so many arcs of so many other characters and maybe not completes arcs like in terms of Captain America or Iron Man completes their arc from beginning to end. But it also... um, Uh, breeds new life into some characters because we get to see characters from this point forward like Gamora well this is a whole new journey for her Hawkeye might be a completely different journey as well right all these characters it's going to be so fun watching them from this point forward Um, the events of Endgame are going to have dramatic effects on all of our characters I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know what I was thinking about with the storytelling from beginning to end now, there were some little more flops than than better ones. Um, I was thinking about right now getting two different stories that are amazing. One, all the Marvel Cinematic Universe culminating in Endgame. And then right now, literally right now, the Game of Thrones is ending right now. This is gonna be the last season. I think there's like four more episodes. Dude, you absolutely need to watch it it is storytelling from beginning of the season to the very end it is so phenomenal you're going to be like wow this storytelling is amazing and so I would encourage you I if I were to pick one or the other to watch it would probably be Marvel because there's more um all together but Game of Thrones honestly it ranks right up there with Marvel uh, I'm so glad to hear that. Like, like I've said on the podcast before, I've been waiting until this season ends before I actually go back and start watching from season one because I've never seen them. So maybe in like four more weeks, I guess, when the season ends, I'm going to make sure to stay away from all kinds of spoilers. Avoid any Game of Thrones YouTube kind of video. Nothing on Twitter. I'm just going to stay away from all that. I will start with season one, episode one. And, you know, I'll let you know as I go. I mean, that's a full eight seasons, right? Is this the eighth or ninth? I think it's the eighth or six. Oh, six. six. Six or eight. I think it might be six, but I could be wrong. It okay. Be eight. Well, whatever it is, it'll take me that many seasons, that many episodes to go through, but I will watch them all, and I'm sure you and I will be talking about stuff uh, uh, you know, as it goes on, uh, dude. As, as I start watching it. After you get into the first season, you'll be hooked. You'll be like, dude, this storytelling is So phenomenal. I'll binge Acting. them all over the next two weeks or something? You absolutely... I, I did. <laughs> I, I've actually watched it twice now. It's so good. Okay, so... Moving on from <laughs> Game of Thrones, which is phenomenal. Um, I want to talk about, man, I don't know if I am going to watch the second Captain Marvel movie. I just really, her character is like punching me in the face every single time I look at her. It's just like, it's, it's like 40 miles of dirt road. Like, I don't want to drive down that. And I was like, oh, goodness. What are your thoughts about Captain Marvel? Uh, I was fine with her. And I really liked the fact that she had a very small role in this movie. You and I talked before, I didn't want to see her come in and save the day. I didn't want her to be the one to defeat Thanos and undo the snap or whatever she could have possibly done. I liked how she was there, and it makes sense how... Uh, she came in to save Tony Stark, bring him back to Earth. And then she comes in at the very end when they need her. I like that they sent her off into the galaxy or into the universe to help a lot of other people that are dealing with the snap as well. I I was good with it. Now, when it comes to just her, Carol Danvers or Brie Larson, I'm fine with her with the character. I'm, you know, I will go watch a second movie. I'm not, like, I don't feel about her like I do about Captain... Marvel I'm sorry I'm sorry uh Captain America Iron Man or Black Widow or nothing but I mean she's okay by me but uh I can understand how she irks you for sure yeah yeah it's it yeah I am glad though that she was, it was kind of perceived that she was just going to destroy Thanos. Um, especially when she just fly through a plane or, you know, their, their ship. She flew through his gigantic seven mile long ship, whatever that thing is, and just destroyed it at the end. But, but here's the thing. We forget that Thor could do that too. Yeah. Thor, Thor did that in, in, um, infinity war flew through those, you know, um, uh, dog carriers. Um, you know, (laughs) he flew through those and destroyed those as well. Um, be, moving on i wanted to talk about time travel cuz that is such a tricky thing to pull off and when we have so much scientific history with time travel like back to the future time bandits i mean this is all scientific stuff uh, how do they <laughs> yeah, get out? you say so <laughs> how do they get how do they get outside of that yep I really like how they explain the rules. You know, time travel. Whatever you do, if you travel back in time, it's still your future. It's your current self. Whatever happened in the past has no effect on you right now, and you can't change what happens in the past. So, or in the past. So I think I oh. And speaking of this, it goes back to the Ancient One. I really loved seeing the Ancient One back in the story. Before she even met Stephen Strange, she talks about Stephen Strange. She knows he's going to become the Sorcerer Supreme. I really love that. But in her explanation of what was going on, um, uh, she explained basically, you know, the time stream is this way. Once we make a change now, it's going to cut off in a whole new time stream. So it's kind of getting to the idea of what we learned from... Um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse that when you make a change somewhere, bam, it snaps off in a whole new dimension. So it's kind of interesting, this whole idea of time travel, we could be kind of living in an alternate timeline right now, or not living, but viewing an alternate timeline right now. Yeah, the big thing that I, as I talk to my kids and help them understand, you know, they're talking about time travel. And as I talk to my wife and everything, we start talking about time travel. And well, is Back to the Future right? Or is Endgame right? Or, you know, are the, which one's right? But here's what I, in the end, I come to think of, obviously, stepping outside of the movie realm. It's not true. It's like it's physically impossible for anybody to time travel. And so any type of theory that you're going to come up with, because it's not true it's physically not true, you're going to have holes in it. But things that are absolutely true, you're not going to be able to find holes in it. And so that's why I try to tell my kids, like, this is all pretend. This is all make-believe. It actually can't happen. It's fun to think about. But at the same time, whatever is true will always be true, no matter what. And whatever is false, it can't be true, meaning it's because it's not. You're going to be able to find holes in it. And so same thing. I really enjoyed how they brought up a bunch of movies like are you really basing all this off of back to the future He's all no no yes yes i am. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like and they brought up other movies and they they, that was a good way to help i guess downplay this the um the time travel aspect and the way hulk quickly some surmised it like your future your past you know, what was is now your future and your future is now your past, all that sort of stuff. Re- they did a good job and try to help you get past all the, you know, wh- what about this or what about that? I agree with you there. And we can choose to go back not go back, but I mean view this movie and nitpick every single little thing. That doesn't make sense. That wouldn't actually happen. If he went back in time, who did he marry? Or who was Peggy Carter's husband? I mean, blah, blah, blah. You can go back and nitpick it, or you could just kind of watch it and accept that they were able to right the wrongs of the past, the bad things that Thanos did. They brought everybody back. You know, uh, uh, originally last week, you asked me what I thought would happen. I did not see them like moving into the future. No, I'm sorry I shouldn't say moving into the future I did not ever think that they would go back try to collect the stones and then bring everybody back I thought the whole movie was going to be time travel back to the beginning of the movie and just stop him from getting the stones it's it so took me by surprise what they actually did yeah exactly and two parts to that is one bringing everybody back five years later just hey let's bring them all back as it is right now don't do anything else just bring everybody back. Like, don't go back in time or all that sort of stuff, which was super cool. But the other thing was bringing five-year-prior Thanos and all his people to the future. And was like, wow, that was super cool. You know, they're busting through the uh, the time uh, uh, time place inside the um, Avengers studio or not studio, but like their, their layer, uh, busting through there. And all that was just super fun to see it was a very interesting way and what i like about it is the okay everything that happened in infinity war still happened right loki died gamora died but now because they went back in time and the prior versions of them now we have loki alive he escaped custody using the Tesseract. we have gamora alive sure it's the gamora from guardians of the galaxy part one before she even met peter quill but that is so interesting we have peter quill and the rest of the Guardians with their feelings about Gamora, but she doesn't know squat about them. She was surprised when when Nebula told her that's the guy you're in love with. You know, she's like, "What? That guy?" I mean, it's just <laughs> it's such an interesting way that that we can now move beyond endgame and have but still feel the effects of endgame like it's interesting like we're going to continue with the whole marvel universe see a whole new new characters new stories and stuff but the effects of this movie are going to linger throughout all of them and i really love that like they built to such an awesome conclusion here and it's not just a conclusion but it's a new starting off point for a lot of stories definitely definitely i think it's going to be fun to see these next what, 10 years or however long, like, I know they've already got planned a bunch of movies, or at least they're hoping for, for some movies, and it's gonna be really, really great to see. I thought... Because I really like Chris Hemsworth. I thought he was going to be done. But obviously, being with Guardians of the Galaxy, that's going to be really, really fun. Um, Hawkeye is probably going to have his own show. Um, Ant-Man probably needs a third one. Um, let's see what else we have. Oh, Stephen Strange. Doctor Strange is going to have more. They're probably going to do another uh, Black Panther. Which Black Panther, was. it made a crap load of money. So that was really good. Um, Hulk is probably getting towards the tail end. I know Black Widow, they're talking about doing a Black Widow one. Oh, one thing I want to talk to you about was Captain America passing on his shield to Falcon. That oh, was I love super that. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And I like the fact that it went to Falcon instead of like right there together. It was Falcon and the Winter Soldier together. But it makes sense that in the comic books, the seal the shield, you know, from what I understand, both of them, Falcon and and the Winter Soldier Bucky. They were eventually Captain America at some point in various comic books. But it makes sense in the Marvel Universe to not give it to Bucky because... He has this whole persona, not persona, but a perceived like a public perception that he was or is a terrorist, right? You don't want to give him, you don't want to make him Captain America. But Sam the whole time, the Falcon, he was a, he's he's a U.S. Army veteran or Air Force, whatever it was. He's a military veteran. I mean, this guy lives and breathes America. It makes sense that he is now Captain America. The big difference, though, is he has no powers whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be a an interesting thing of how they're going to play that into you know he literally does not have any powers and w- oh another one uh, when we watch Ant Man and the Wasp the Ghost character she is her only power it, well she was trained to you know do kung fu and all that sort of stuff and military stuff but her only power is to phase in and out of reality she can she doesn't have extra strong strength she doesn't have you know ability to to, to be fast or whatever and so. When she was doing those things, like being extra strong and kicking people that fly through the door and all that sort of stuff, like that's impossible. And so I hope they're going to be able to get past that and build that in there because um, Falcon he only has his ability to use his tools. So I don't know how they're going to do it, but it seems like that's going to be something that they're they should address. Oh, without a doubt, they will. But my guess is he's going to be just like Captain America was the leader of the Avengers. Um, this new Falcon, Captain America, will be the leader. So he'll be the one guiding them, giving them direction and stuff. But he won't be necessarily uh, physically in the fight against whatever big bad guy. He'll be the one guiding them in... Uh, Uh, through whatever battles they go through so I I I agree with you it'll be interesting to see where they take this character but one thing that I want to talk about definitely is before we get too far and get into lessons learned is what did you think about that Hawkeye beginning scene of the movie super tear not tear jerking because I didn't actually shed a tear but uh, super emotional and it was Just like, oh, man, I can see exactly myself doing that exact same thing. And just feeling like you want to just just destroy anything that that could have taken your kids and your your wife. And yeah, it was super emotional. Uh, it was as soon as they started the movie you see Hawkeye with his daughter shooting the arrows you know that I, or I knew that the snap was going to happen he was going to lose them but it didn't lessen the impact of that moment and I think because Jeremy Renner is such a good actor the Russo's directed that scene so well you see the camera on him he looks over his daughter isn't where she was he's looking for her. looks back to where his wife and kids or sons were they weren't there it was just such a well-directed scene and you felt that emotional impact and I think that was really necessary and they nailed that scene so well because it makes sense where hawkeye goes afterwards he becomes instead of being you know just a good guy on the avengers working for america now he's an assassin maybe assassin's not the right right word just a vigilante going out like dead like dead like deadpool did going out and killing bad guys around the world and it it makes sense how losing your entire family could send you on that path and yeah i love that and it was really good opening scene like that you you, obviously he's right back into it and this is what brings him back in and what i thought was when thanos was going to do the snap back in in the um uh what was the first one called um infinity war so when he did the snap People were just literally going to disappear. I like the way that they floated away. You know, they they fell apart and floated away and, and came into dust. And so you can see that as opposed to being like a snap and then literally everybody's gone. So having that nuance of people floating or, you know, fading away and falling apart, that was really, really cool. So that's the first part. The second part is the music in this was really great. One of my favorite songs is... The song right after that scene, Dear Mr. Fantasy by Traffic, it's such a fun song. It comes on really nice and melodic and really easy going. but then it really starts getting heavy and the um, electric guitar and the mealy mealy me, me. It was just really, really good. And then it just sets the tone for the movie. They did a really, really good job with all the music in this movie. Oh, yeah, they did, man. Everything brings up the emotions like you want it to, makes you excited when it's time to be excited, makes you sad when it's time to be sad. I agree with you there on the music. Uh, And I really liked how we see Jeremy Renner, he lost every, or Hawkeye, he lost everything. It makes sense that he wanted to go out and be a vigilante. And then that really worked well with him and Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, going to Vormir to get the stone. They didn't, I don't think they knew what, would be at risk or what would be at stake in order to get that soul stone but it really made sense for the story to have those two together jeremy renner i keep saying jeremy renner hawkeye had nothing left to lose his family was dead um black widow we know from prior movies and stuff that she has she said in one of the movies she has a lot of red on her ledger like she did a lot of bad things when she was trained by the russians to be an assassin and stuff and so she needs to make up for those wrongs that she did in the past so it's pretty cool how in that vormir scene how we see black widow and hawkeye both willing to um uh, kill themselves or sacrifice themselves but they also did i think out of love out of each other because we know from the past movies avengers and then civil war and stuff that they were actually big time friends uh they love each other as friends and it, it really made that scene so sad and so loving at the same time um seeing black widow ultimately sacrificing herself while hawkeye hawkeye was willing to do the same thing yeah that was a my well. My daughter, she's 10, almost 11. Actually, it should be turning 11 in like five days. She was watching that scene and she really want, she literally wanted to run out of the, 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 um, not the living room, the, um, theater, movie theater. She wanted it because she didn't want to watch it. It was so bad. So she goes, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So she ran to the bathroom <laughs> and it was still going on by the time we got back. So she's just you know, hid out by the door. And I was like, I, I don't blame you. I mean, that's just horrible because she knew watching from Infinity War, the exact same thing is going to happen. One of them is going to have to give up, give up their life. It was interesting. Like I never saw that coming. Like I told you originally, I thought they were going to go to travel back in time and stop him from getting the rings, which would in turn save Gamora. I never saw them trying to collect them again. So it never occurred to me until we were at the moment when the two of them walked up and saw the red skull. Then I realized, oh crap, someone's going to have to die. Because it's the same scene. Yeah, it's the same scene, and I it just didn't occur to me until I saw the three of them together—Red together. School, um, Black Widow, and Hawkeye—that somebody would die, and that was it. It bummed me out. Absolutely, and that was a rough scene, and you, they did really well together, like acting-wise. Great yes. job, uh-huh. and drew you in heavily into that scene. Really, really good. Yeah, it was, man. And it bummed me out. Just like the first time I saw Gamora die, I knew somebody was going to die. And even like at the beginning of the movie with Hawkeye losing his family, I knew it was going to happen, but they pull it off in such a way. The script is perfect. The acting is perfect. The directing is perfect. I am still just as torn up inside when Black Widow dies, even though two minutes before, I saw it coming. <laughs> Easily. They yeah. Did a, in, I love the way they were battling over it because that's what you know, people that really care about themselves or ca- sorry, care about each other. They don't care about much about themselves. They're selfless and they want to save the other. And in my opinion, I think it was good that Black Widow, because you still have Hawkeye that can take care of her family. At least if, if I were Black Widow, I'd be like, no, you have a family. You take care of them. Like, why would there's nothing else for me? And this needs to get done anyway. So it was the right thing, in my opinion, even though Hawkeye is like, I'm not gonna let you die, which completely understand that now i want to transition to um ant-man i paul rudd is just he's just amazing i love he's phenomenal yeah his character the way he plays it the way he's he's just hilarious and i love when he and tony stark are trying to go get into stark tower and he's like oh yeah those guys are shield well they're actually hydra but we didn't know that he's all paul rudd or ant-man said really? They just look like bad guys. Like they just look (laughs) like, how do you not? (laughs) Yeah. So funny, man. So I, from there, I want to talk about two characters. Um, well, uh, they, they are seen and you do see them, um, Groot, not so much. Like he wasn't that big of a personality in this episode, but Rocket. I love, so Bradley Cooper is the voice of Rocket and he did a phenomenal job. You can't tell it's him the way he's doing its voice, or at least I can't tell it's him. And he is just as much a character that is like deserving of so much, uh, praise and acclaim for the acting and everything about it. Um, especially just Rocket's just a fun guy to watch. Um, I think that we don't see Bradley Cooper at all ever. And so it's just kind of a bummer. We kind of go by the wayside, but rocket is probably one of my more favorite characters. I'm right there with you. Love the character. Love every scene that he's in without a doubt. I thought like the things that he says, um, and, and, Slapping Thor in the face, things like that. I mean, he's just like straightforward, straight to the point. Um, doesn't care about people's feelings. Uh, yeah. The way they write his character and continually write his character being in character every single time. Like, oh, what? You gotta get another haircut? Like, what are you so busy (laughs) doing? You know, things like that. Oh, yeah. He's, he's great. I really love Rocket. And, Tony Stark called him like Build-A-Bear, Ratchet, which I think that was like a video <laughs> game or a cartoon or something like Ratchet. Um, a bunch of different names I just, and called Thor Big Lebowski. Oh, hey, wasn't watch that out great? Lebowski. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah, loved it. You know, it occurred to me, Big Lebowski, Jeff Bridges, he was in the first Iron Man too. He was. And yep. you know, what's also funny is in Infinity War, Tony Stark told um, Peter, um, uh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker. He told him, hey, no more pop culture references out of you. But yep. Tony Stark does it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He does. How funny is that? Uh, oh, you know, one thing that you mentioned. So speaking back to Infinity War 2, uh, when we did that episode or sometime later, you told me that, did you realize that Captain America only had four lines? And I said, oh, no, I didn't, you know, think back to it. And it's pretty interesting how this movie gives a lot of screen time to characters that in the first movie did not have a lot of ac- uh, a lot of screen time, right? You get a ton more Black Widow and Captain America in this movie. In the prior movie, you had uh, plenty of um, uh, Scarlet Witch, Falcon, uh, Iron Man as well. This movie, a lot less of those kinds of characters, you know? And it's like, why is he not saying anything? But this one, he definitely said a lot more. I, I think Captain America is one of my more favorite characters. It's hard to pick one that I like the most. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I'll just go ahead and ask you, which one out of all the Infinity War and Endgame, all the characters, obviously, culminates of everybody. What's your, Who is your uh, favorite character? And who's your second favorite character? Man, that's a tough question. I, uh, uh... I I, I don't know, man. Thor's got to be up there. Iron Man and Captain, those have to be my top three. But I can't say, you know, which is my favorite and which is my second. Do you actually have favorite and second favorite? I'm going to go off of who I would probably uh, choose to hang out with. That would be, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like Captain America, he's great. I love his character. Like, that's the type of person I see myself to be, but he's not necessarily the type of person like, Hey, the first person I'm thinking of, Hey, let's go hang out with Captain America. You know, he's almost a downer all the time. Mm. And so that's, I, I sorry that kind of go runs through my mind. And then Tony Stark and Iron Man is great, but his arrogance is just punching you in the face every single time you talk to him. But if I were to pick, um, two, that I would want to hang out with number one would be Thor. Absolutely. Number Thor, uh, number two, number one would be Thor. Um, number two would be Peter Quill. I would hang out with both of those dudes. They would be fun to hang out with. Nice. I like that. Now that you give me those parameters, like, you know, the person to hang out with, not just your favorite character. I really do agree with the whole, uh, with the Thor idea. He would be cool to have a beer with for sure. Um, he would drink you under the table in a, Oh yeah. you know, in a heartbeat, but he would be cool. Um, I think for me thinking about all the characters probably Scott Ant-Man would be Oh yeah, seems, I forgot. Yeah, he he he's more funny. of the every man like me and I can I think I can relate more with Scott than with any of these other ones. I yeah, I could see that. And when you thought when you mentioned that Thor would drink you at the table, it got me thinking of you have Hulk trying to snap uh, Thor out of it for like you know, a good five minutes, talking to him, talking to him, talking to him and re- reaching his heartstrings and saying, Hey, you did this for me and all that stuff. And all it took was rocket say, Hey, we got beer in the, in the ship. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> yep. Oh, I love that. You're right. You're right. That's great. Um, But you know, I've got it. I, I just now gave it a little bit more thought. Um, I am married of course, but it, it, it would be really tempting if you told me sky you can hang out with two people from the mcu it would be hard for me to say no to black widow and gamora because they are so good looking they're smart (laughs) yeah i mean they're smart they have good conversations it would be hard to say no to hang out with those two between well, in in just their personalities, I I hang out with people that my personalities kind of mesh with, mm-hmm. or I would want to hang out with. Gamora, her personality is so like just uh, it's like a fingernail like a cat scratching a chalkboard. <laughs> it's it's that bad. Mm-hmm. Now uh, I that would make it hard for me. But when it came to um, Black Widow, I think her wit is is fun like she's really witty yeah. and quick and so that would be a little but you know obviously with her past she has a lot of uh uh hang ups and issues but yeah, yeah but I your see. wife would never let you hang out with black widow no 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 absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not uh yeah so i i really man all the characters the only one that i really don't like literally is captain marvel like it's just the way that she plays her as being this I don't know. It, it, the personality is just rough for me. I guess I like being around positive people that yeah. not just positive, but like that, that like Paul Rudd or uh, sorry, Ant-Man, uh, uh, you know, just is, is enjoyable to be around. That's the only type of people I want to be around and people that help me feel better and be more energetic and happy. Yeah, I got you there. Uh, before we get to lessons and stuff, some some last things. I really like how they went back in time. And Thor got to see his mom and say "I love you," and she knew that he, it was him from the future, but she didn't want to know anything. I'm totally from the future. The <laughs> yeah, that was so awesome. And and but I really like how he got his hammer back. Um, went to the, went back to the future, fought with hammer and Stormbreaker at the same time, and then ultimately at the end, Captain America, you know, returned all the stones. But it seems pretty obvious he took the hammer with him. He returned the hammer at the same time as well. Yes, absolutely. And that we, you quickly glossed over and this will probably, we can jump right into the favorite scenes because yeah, you're, you're absolutely right on. Um, my favorite scene is obviously the end scene is phenomenal. The whole movie is phenomenal. There's so many great things, great parts of it. You know, Thanos is getting his head cut off and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Like everything's fantastic. But what I got the most like, um, shocks, not shock, but like, because i knew it was going to happen at some time because they were alluding to it i got the most like awesome which just like when thor said i knew it when captain america picked up the hammer that was my absolute favorite what about you oh i agree with you i was so um i didn't see it coming like you just now said you saw it coming i didn't I didn't see them. That's kind of an awesome callback to that prior Avengers uh, Age of Ultron movie where he gave it, you know, he tried to pick it up, had the, the hammer gave a little tweak, but it didn't go up all the way. It was just such an awesome callback. And that's one of the things I like about this movie. They visited a lot of prior movies and a lot of prior times in the MCU, and it gave it a new flavor, right? So you can probably go back and watch Thor part two, the dark world and kind of see it in a new light. You know, it, you, you, realize, Oh wow. Thor got to come back and say goodbye to his mother. It wasn't just such a, I, 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 I don't know. I just really liked how they went back and did everything. And I agree with you, uh, Captain America picking up the hammer. Number one scene of the movie. Yeah, by far. Mm-hmm. And you have Thor and he, you know, Thor has the, the uh, Mjolnir, and then you have Captain America have the big ones. Oh, no, no, you give me the big one. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that is so, so good. Um, When when they all reappeared, you know, Captain America, he's like, all right, I got this huge army. Oh, what, right, I could do this all day. I, I really appreciated. I was kind of expecting him to say to Thanos, I could do this all day. I appreciate that they didn't. Do that all over again because it's already said once when he was fighting himself, and he already he's just like, Okay, this is it. He gets back up and he starts going, but then he hears Falcon, Hey, Cap, you there? And then you see every obviously the whole well, hey, before you go on, yeah, he said Captain on your left, kind of like a callback to when they were first running around the Washington Monument, exactly. You know, that's a cool callback as well. That was absolutely right. So the whole theater erupts when. You have all these, you know, tunnels, uh, whatever, you know, to to teleport or transport there. All these tunnels open up. You have everybody storming through into the final battle. You have Thanos' army and you have the army of the good, you know, all the good people, uh, Avengers. And I really love how people stay in character, not people, uh, the characters stay in character. Like, how Tony Stark, he is brilliant with his mind, thinking, intelligent, but he's not a tactician. He's not a strategist. He's not a military person. And like in uh, Avengers number one, the first Avengers, um, he, Tony Stark said at the very end where they're all on the bridge and all the bad guys are coming down, all the, you know, whatever they are jumping through the, the all building to building and destroying everything. Tony says to Cap, call it Cap you know basically tell us what to do like you're that guy and same thing in here captain is organized like basically everybody shows up and they're waiting for captain and captain says avengers assemble and then boom then they all go i thought that was really good how captain is the strategy guy he's the he's the military guy that knows how to do this and they let him continue playing i thought that was great i agree with you there and it's pretty cool how in prior movies he almost said not almost said but Uh, they could have said avengers assemble at any time and they saved it all the way up until now the final movie he finally says avengers assemble and it is the most besides captain america just picking up mjolnir it is the most incredible battle scene that we've seen in the entire mcu up until this point they did a phenomenal job obviously it's all cg Mm -hmm. um cgi i thought but they did a a great job now come to think of cgi thinking about that did you watch it in 3d yet no, I didn't. And I was going to ask you, you mentioned at the beginning of the episode that you saw in 3D. Is it worth seeing in 3D? See, now here's the thing about 3D. It all becomes the same. Like you don't really notice it as much, or at least my brain doesn't register. Some people may yeah. it just be fantastic the whole time. But when you first see it, it's like, oh, that's cool. But towards the end, my brain just didn't really register that it was 3D. A couple times, like when they really make it prominent, like somebody's really, really close, somebody's really far away, and they're like making the perspective shift and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you can notice it. But in all, they didn't have anything fly out of the screen at you. And it just didn't, you didn't, like, that's the only time that 3D makes it feel really good when they make something come out of the screen, like a a weapon or something. But they didn't have any of that. So you just don't feel it. Gotcha. So your recommendation is don't spend the money, just go see it regular uh, 2D. In my opinion, it didn't do much more for me. What I would say, or what I'm going to try out is our theater has, um, it's AMC, they have a Dolby Digital Theater where it's like your seats vibrate and you have, you know, special sounds around you and like your 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 seats vibrate. Yes, they have all that stuff. And so I'm going to try it in there because I think that would be super fun to watch. Wait, like back in the day, we would play Nintendo and they'd have vibration controllers like that. They purposely vibrate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, that's so like, cool. It's it's so think of like IMAX or a 3D yeah. screen, It's It's basically one entire theater um, of the whatever, 16 of them, but one entire um, showing theater is set up and it specifically literally says Dolby Digital. And it's like a, a setup as you're walking in, like it's, it's the one that is specifically for Dolby. And it's, I think it's more expensive than 3d and it is sounds phenomenal and all the experiences and the screens, bigger, all that stuff. It's pretty cool. Do they have smell a vision, man? I thought weird Al Alvankovic was going to get that out soon, but he, <laughs> I know. He, he, he's let me down. <laughs> yep. Totally. You're right. <laughs> what well, well, UHF that I think that was a yep. UHF. Yeah. Uh, UHF. <laughs> smell a vision but that is pretty cool you know um something about me we've talked about on the podcast before i still have to take my earplugs with me to the movies because seriously most movies are just too freaking loud and they do hurt my ears so maybe for me Dolby isn't the the preferred way to see the movie i think I just regular 2d with normal sound for someone like me with hearing issues yeah yeah and you know with the seat rumbling it's actually pretty fun to have mm. the seat rumbling oh i bet i I think I watched like Wreck-It Ralph or something and it wasn't built like that movie was not made for it. Like it didn't rumble as much as much. This one definitely would. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it a third time in the theater before it gets out of the Dolby awesome man i'm glad to hear that cool let me know how that goes and let the audience know for sure as well maybe next episode yeah definitely so there's so i mean you and i we can just keep because there's so many we could even just talk through scene by scene but let's get up. we're getting towards the end of the show the first thing i'm going to bring up is my monday morning quarterback before i do i want to see if you have the same one what's your monday morning quarterback mine is that uh i'm glad they did not do it but realistically, if this was really going on, you would have called Carol Danvers back to Earth because now you have a plan. We are all going back to the past. We need your powers in one of these. So you pick one of the stones and send her with whoever you went to the most important stone or maybe the stone where her incredible strength would come into play. Well, they they answered that or they, they, they showed you why that didn't happen, right? You know that, right? What do you mean? At the very beginning, when you have black widow eating uh-huh. her peanut butter jelly sandwich and you see that her talking to, you know, everybody else on the screen, like the, the projector monitor mm-hmm. thing. Um, Carol says, I'm going to be out of communication for like the next few months because like, I'm going to be so far out. So you're not gonna be able to hold on me. And, and black widow says, well, you know, if there's anything, you come back to me. Like if you, if you come across anything, bring it back to me. So she's been out of communication the whole time. Oh, I see. I didn't realize the out of communication part. I just assumed she was off doing, I I just didn't, did not remember the communication aspect of it. So maybe that kind of nullifies my Monday morning quarterback, but (laughs) I mean, still they could have, and maybe they did. Maybe they went through and tried to communicate with her in every way they knew and they couldn't reach her. Probably. Yeah. That's what I would say cool so i didn't catch that part but my monday morning quarterback still holds because like realistically she is the strongest person you know besides thor you gotta have her there that and she has a pager like just push the button again. <laughs> like, what, that's right. <laughs> 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 that's right. Like, never let her leave the house without her pager. You're right. Exactly. That's yep. like nineteen nineties technology. I mean, that's shoot. right. We're 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 like the twenty twenties. Like oh, speaking of that, before you get to the, your money morning quarterback, I really like how they did not bother with the Captain Marvel. End scene that little tag that they had where the Avengers met her. Like, why put that in this movie? I love it how they're kind of like trusting the audience. Most of you went to go see Captain Marvel. You know how she finally got in contact with the Avengers. Let's just have her go and saves Tony Stark. I like how they didn't waste time with that. I completely agree. Loved, love that. That's a great perspective. Like, don't waste time. There's so mm-hmm. much. It's, it's three hours, yeah. dude. Before I get to my money, my quarterback. I, the first time I got a, uh, was like a large, large soda, stupid idea, especially when I don't want to leave. Like I literally want to watch every minute of it. And so it was literally at the time, like I had to, from the middle of the movie to the very end, I had to go to the bathroom so bad. I was holding it for so long that as soon as they started the, um, funeral scene, That's when I got up to use the bathroom and I was in the bathroom. I um going to be kind of too much information, but I I was in there for like three minutes, four and five minutes, a long time. And I just, I was like, I should not be drinking this right now, but it's so good. I kept drinking more and it's three hours. It's a long move. six hours total. If you put them both back to back. Mm-hmm. That is so funny that you. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so funny that you did that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, it's going to end soon, yeah. you know. But they haven't had the final battle yet, so it's going to end soon. But yeah, you know, I just kept pushing it off, kept pushing it off. Yeah. Oh, so, man. so what's your Monday morning? Yeah, my Monday morning quarterback is definitely with um, uh, Nebula. Nebula, obviously, the first time they get the stone, and and um, Rhodey goes back. And she doesn't because she forgets to push the button and then she runs or not forgets, but she can't then, but she runs all the way to pick up the phone to call, um, uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye to let him know Thanos knows. And so why in the world did she wait and not push it when the, when it's literally being beamed up, like it's the ship is being beamed up into Thanos' ship that she had a good, at least two minutes. To push the button then and transfer back. Like why did she not do it then? I think that's a whole a big hole in the story. Yeah, I, I like that point right there. That that is a good point. I mean, maybe she just didn't realize she was so consumed with what was happening at the moment. She didn't think to communicate back. I mean, sometimes when you you're in the in the moment, you gotta deal with what's going on right now and you forget to tell, you know, if you forget to communicate. So I, I, I really do like that Monday morning quarterback, and you're right about that though. That was a mistake on her part. But speaking of Nebula, Didn't she have just an incredible arc throughout all of these movies? She starts off as a bad guy. She ends up becoming kind of a good guy, getting on the Guardian's right side. She sees things for the way they are. She finally goes back. Or no, I'm sorry, not finally goes back. She has this turn of opinion. Now she wants to destroy Thanos. And then she comes across her old self that is in love, not in love, but loves her father, Thanos. And she has to kill her own self. That was just freaking amazing. It's an amazing arc for that character. Yeah. And the way they play that together and having Thanos figure out what's going on because she's, you know, a cyborg and she has all these electronic pieces and computers. Yeah, she's and stuff. connected neurally through the whole whatever. Yeah. 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 Like um, wirelessly network. Like they're they're on the same network now. Like she always links sinks back up to the uh, to the mothership. And so now they're connected back together. So, man, so such a big story, long story and very, very few little holes. I mean, they did a really, really good job. Thorough, very thorough. They did. And I think it was a giant effort between the directors and the writers, Marcus and McFeely. They're the same ones that that wrote Infinity War and they wrote some of the Captain America movies. These guys are just freaking incredible. They wrote a story that if you just think back to Infinity War, we had so many characters coming together. And they were able to service all of those characters. You understood that story. You loved Infinity War. And now with this one, even more characters are introduced. You're going back in time. You're changing the past. It's just so incredible that they were able to pull this off. I doubt any other writing team uh, would would have been able, writing, directing, producing team, would have been able to pull this movie off like they did. I bet you, for most people, it would have felt like a flop if they have written, uh, other people if it written and directed this movie. Well, it's been proven that that's absolutely true. Watch DC. Anything DC touches, they destroy. (laughs) Yep, 100%. Although we talked about in the last movie, I really like the direction the last three movies, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam has taken. I think they're finally following. You don't have to follow the Marvel scripts, or the marvel procedures or anything but you've got to develop these one uh these solo characters movies and then bring them together at the end so i'm hoping in seven or eight years from now after we see shazam 2 wonder woman 2 aquaman 2 a couple of new characters you bring them together in a new movie seven or eight years from now I think that'd be a good idea for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think they're learning from their mistakes, especially yeah. about flop. it is and they should be making a crap load of money, but they're not. Yeah. So yeah, totally. None. Yeah. None of the movies have been flops, but they have not nearly been as, as successful as the Marvel franchise. No, not at all. Yeah. Cool. So, um, you know, we've been, <laughs> like you said, we can wax on wax poetic, uh, about all the different scenes over and over again, but let's continue with the episode here. Let's go to our lessons learned. What is your first lesson learned? My first lesson learned is to... Watch the movie again because I don't have any lessons. Like <laughs> I just <it> was so <laughs> ingrained in everything, and plus I I just couldn't. I, the storyline was so good, everything about it. I just didn't want to take my eyes off it. Even after watching it twice, like I as I'm thinking about it, I don't really have any lessons that I'm walking away with, other than like, hey, time travel. You know, let's let's rethink of of uh, Back to the Future and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, as far as lessons, I was just so. And plus, this episode that we're doing right now is long enough. I don't have anything to add but do you have any lessons you know i i only have two lessons and when i went to the theater normally i take a notepad and and a pen to write notes when i went to watch this with my boys i knew i didn't want to take notes i just wanted to be fully engrossed in the story so i didn't even bother but thinking about it afterwards i came up with these two lessons i'll just hit them both real quick lesson number one is if you are going down the wrong path because of past actions see a counselor so four He puts the weight of the universe on his shoulders because of his failure. He thinks that, you know, not he thinks, I mean, he did fail along with everyone else, but he put everything on his own shoulders. Everyone, not everyone, I'm sorry. Half of the universe died because of his mistake. He could not continue on as he normally did. He went down a bad path, spiraling out with alcoholism and just ignoring the world and stuff, became Fat Thor, um... And so, like, maybe seeing a counselor, although I doubt any counselor can really speak from experience and help Thor with his problems, it's at least a first step to help you resolve the issues of your past, you know? Well, I'm going to have to push back a little bit. He's got Korg there. He did see a counselor. (laughs) That's right. Some little Xbox Live counseling, huh? Exactly. He's all set, dude. He did it. He's good. He's good to go. My bad. Skip my life lesson. All you need is Korg and Xbox Live, and you should be good to go with life. There you go. Yep. Cool. My, my second uh, lesson learned is, and you learn this from tons of movies and maybe every single movie. At the end of the second act, things seem hopeless, but your heroes are often able to turn around and, uh, to, or turn it around. And the simple lesson is there's always hope. Right. We lost half of the universe, but all of a sudden now we learn that time travels possible possible because Scott comes back. Hey, let's go back, collect the power stones and re not re I'm sorry, undo the snap, bring everybody back. So there is always hope in life. Yes, absolutely. And when. Yeah, Black Widow talking to Hawkeye, and Hawkeye said, don't give me hope. And she said, I should have gave it to you a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he went down for five years down a dark path of killing lots and lots of people. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. And I'm going to definitely watch a Hawkeye movie if it comes out. I think that would be really good. No, oh, 100%. I mean, there's one thing about the MCU. I will never miss an MCU movie until they suddenly go down the wrong path. And eight movies in a row suck. I might skip the ninth. I, oh, and that brings up something. So I will, even though I said I might not watch Captain Marvel, I'll still watch it because they do a good storytelling. Even though I don't, just don't like that character. Yeah. Um. The, I you you and I don't watch trailers, but the trailer came out for Star Wars. Apparently, the last Star Wars. And I wait watched a second. It. You watch that? I well, it was in it was in the theater. Like literally, what getting read, Like is the right. The last yes, trailer, yes, it right was. But you movie. know what I did? I literally closed my owl, uh, cl- I'm sorry. I closed my eyes and I actually hummed a tune for some random song in my head. So I don't remember squat other than somebody was talking to Ray, telling her something about her parents. That's all I remember from the trailer because my eyes were closed and I was humming a tune. Do you want to know why I did that? Yeah, sure. Why? Because, well, okay. Go ahead. Tell me. Because it sucks. I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I I literally hated the last ones. I mean the the, the last one right before this, like the movie was pathetic like literally horrible i will never watch it again i wish i had my life back not my money like oh. hey, keep the money i want my life back i'm not gonna watch the second star wars it's gonna be crap unless you come back and say dude you have to watch it it's so good they learned from their mistakes they sucked. they even said <laughs> they literally looked at the screen and say hey guys last time we sucked we're gonna start the movie over again if, unless they do something like that i'm not gonna watch it so that's why i watched the trailer I got you. Well, I will go see it because J.J. Abrams has taken back control of the movie. He's going to be directing it. I don't know if he wrote it, but he's going to be directing it. So because of that, I am going to watch it and I will let you know definitely if it's worth watching, you know, whether or not it is. Um, But I understand if you're not going to see a movie, if you know you don't want to. Yeah, totally. Watch the trailer. So that you can know what you're missing out on, you know? <laughs> exactly. I agree. I love that idea of yours right there. Cool. Cool, cool. So those were my two lessons. And that was it. That was just thinking about it afterwards because, like you said, I wanted to be fully engrossed, but I did come up with a movie prop. Now, I didn't go back and listen to Avengers Infinity War, so I might have had the same movie prop in that movie. I just can't remember. But for this movie, Stormbreaker looked so freaking awesome. I would love to have Stormbreaker up on my wall. Yeah, because you have both Thor and Groot like in the same you know breath. Because you have part of Groot's arm and oh, you're as right. well as yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. I like that yeah. a lot. Uh huh. What is your prop? It has to be. Uh, it, yeah, it has to be the glove that eventually all these stones crawl into with Tony Stark when he snaps his fingers. So it the Iron Man be. gauntlet, the Iron Man gauntlet. Absolutely. That is a good choice. Actually. Not, not the big one that, uh, you know, Hulk puts his hand in. It's the one at the very end. Like it's the thinner, you know, one it's, it's Tony, Tony's hand in it. That one. Gotcha. And I really like the idea that, you know, uh, Thanos had picked up that Iron Man gauntlet, and he was about to snap his fingers, but then Iron Man came in, and maybe because of his connection with the armor, with the nanotech, with the, with the technology inside of it, he was able to take the stones from that gauntlet, which is pretty a, a really smart thing, right? Like, the gauntlet was still on Thanos' hand, but he was able to take the stones from it before he made the second snap. That's a great point, and that's something we don't realize that. You know, it's fun seeing in Infinity War him having the nanotech and being his whole suit is now in nanotech and you, they even show how like it takes from his leg and goes into his arm when he's running out like it's like part of nanos being broken all that sort of stuff like it, it re-morphs and it changes which is awesome you really really cool and that plays directly into this where because of the nanotech if it wasn't for the nanotech it wouldn't have worked out this way but because of the nanotech i think when you have dr strange hold up his finger say there's only one way that gave tony a clue i have to do this like this is the only, and that's when he knew i got to take those stones out of there and use the stones against him this is the only way and so he ran over there grabbed and as he's grabbing it the nanotech literally you know shifts from the hand the glo- the gauntlet into tony so yeah great 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 uh, without a doubt and you know what's interesting is if you think back to infinity war Um, midway through after, just after they killed the maw, after he got sucked out into space, um, uh, Dr. Strange said, if it comes to sacrificing you or the kid for the gauntlet or for the stone, I will not hesitate to do it. Dr. Strange always knew the gravity of the situation. If he saw this one outcome, he knew that Tony Stark would die at the end. And of course, he's not going to tell Tony Stark that because that could actually who knows? It could convince Tony Stark, oh man, maybe there's another way where I actually live at the end. So at the end of this movie endgame, um, you know, like you said, he holds up his finger one, telling him this is the one opportunity that we have. He didn't tell him, Tony, you're about to die, but go do what you're gonna do. He just told him this is the one, and that gave, like you said, it gave Tony Stark the um the imperative, the moral imperative, the, the, the drive to get it done, to do the right thing, because they're on the path towards the one correct ending. That is a great, great point that Tony would probably think, well, I'm smart on this. I can figure out another way to do it. And no, from the very beginning, he just said there's only one way and you can't uh, in this it, it's just it was great that's a good good point i didn't really even think about that love that point that there's only one way and tony being smart and arrogant he'll probably i could figure it another way no this yeah. is the only one yeah yeah that if you tell tony really you're amazing. right about that if you tell tony there's only one way you're gonna die at the end you're right tony's gonna no hold on a second i have a daughter now there's a better way exactly and that would screw everything up but uh you know at the very end that last scene that funeral scene it was so touching, so heartbreaking. I guess I was swept up by the emotions. I did not realize that the kid from Iron Man 3 was at that funeral. Did you recognize him? I was I was like, who is that kid? No, Who is the kid from Iron Man 3? I don't get it. Well, in Iron Man 3, he went to some podunk town, USA, met up with a kid who helped him. At the very end of the movie, he oh, sets that's up him. the kid in his garage. Yeah, that's him. And, oh but i didn't even see the kid i was looking around at all the other faces you know at that final scene they're cutting like the cameras going through all the different groups of people you see captain you see pepper Potts, you see happy Hogan. You, you see all the faces i didn't even see the kid it was only in like watching some youtube videos that you know um, after the fact that talks about the movie um they mentioned that there's a tall kid at the end and they said he came from iron man 3 so that's the only reason i knew he was there i was so caught up in the emotion i was looking at all the faces of characters i knew and it was really cool at the very end you see nick fury walk up on the porch like he's brought back to life as well you know Yes, definitely very cool. And when I saw that kid, I was like, I have no idea. I was racking my brain. Who? Because he was a little kid in Iron Man 3, and I haven't yeah. seen Iron Man 3 in a long time. So, yeah, cool. I I was going to ask what you thought about that, so I had no idea, but good idea. Yeah, and you know what I did leading up to this movie, after Avengers Infinity War, throughout the past year, I've been watching every single movie in order, starting with The Incredible Hulk, you know, all the way up on th- up until... um. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, or I'm sorry, Captain Marvel was the one right before a- Endgame. So I have a pretty good recollection of all the different movies leading up, to, up, until, up until this one. That's great. Yeah, very cool. I'm, yeah, it, I, I know there's so many things like I want to talk about, like the ether instead of being a stone. And like, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. You know, all that sort of stuff. It's just like, wow, there's so many nuances in the this movie. It's just phenomenal. I remember when we did Infinity War, that was on our podcast that was one of our first or second or third ones like it was a really really re- uh, new one but we have uh definitely surpassed how much time we've talked on it and i think we got more in depth than we did in Infinidor the very very first time and but yeah this has been a tremendous what 10 or 12 years of just super awesome storytelling i i agree with you incredible i don't think we'll ever see anything like this uh again you know but before we move on I do want to know what do you do you have any predictions for the future I know you already said we're gonna of course see a Black Panther 2 Captain Marvel 2 blah 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 what big thing are we leading to um because this all led to the gauntlet to the six infinity stones now that we're done with this storyline where are we going from here do you have any ideas Yeah, um, because I'm not big on the storyline, I'm not really big on, like, I didn't read all the comics and everything, so I don't have an idea, but what I would do is work my my way backwards and figure out, okay, where do they want to go, and that's the end result, and who is the end bad guy or bad guys or whatever, like, is it a group of people, is it one person, whatever it might be, and that is the ultimate... Thing that they're going to have to all battle together. And that's the very end. And then you work your way back. It could be like Galactus. I think he's a guy or another. Celestial, oh my gosh. I'm like so that. glad you said Galactus. That would be incredible if in the next 10 years or seven years or whatever, we led to another big battle against Galactus. That would be super. I have no idea who or what or anything about Galactus, but um, I, I know he's he's pretty amazing. So it's going to be really, really neat to see that. But that's my prediction: is they're gonna, you know, go with wh- whoever's like a big, big bad guy and work your way backwards from there. And it seems like Galactus is probably one of them. I got you. Yeah, my idea is we're going to see the Secret Wars where because we have so many different characters and from what i've heard they're going to introduce some kind of brand new characters and stuff secret wars is a thing where some intergalactic super extremely powerful being um takes all of the um characters and pits them against each other in some crazy weird battle way and i think we'll lead to that where we're facing like the beyonder or a group of beyonders who are incredibly powerful and our group is gonna have to find a way to uh to beat them i guess oh i hope not just like just like with civil war i just didn't like that you know obviously it happens and i oh, you understand I the storyline it just is not it was not enjoyable to watch yeah, I agree with you. Civil War, it did have that a little bit like some of your favorite characters, Captain America and Iron Man, suddenly battling each other. You don't want to see that. So I agree with you. I just think that is is where they're going because... They've introduced the idea of a multiverse with Spider-Man into the, into the Spider-Verse. And as well as now with time jumping now, we kind of have the idea that there are possible other dimensions out there. And that's where the Secret Wars comes into play. You're bringing an Iron Man from this reality, fighting Iron Man from this reality, that kind of a thing. So, But I agree with you. I don't necessarily want to see that. I just think that's possibly where they're going. So what's the next Marvel movie coming out? Is there a Spider-Man coming out? Yeah, well, yes, in July Spider-Man um, Far From Home is coming out. But what's interesting is at the end of this movie, you see Spider-Man going back to school. He meets up with his friends again. I can't think of his friends' name right now. But we see them in the hallways of the school, right? So is Spider-Man Into the Spider Not Into the Spider Spider-Man Far From Home is that going to be in the future after the snap or is it pre-snap stuff? I just don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. And then beyond that, who knows what's coming out? I mean, like you said, of course, a Black Panther 2, they have to make that. Captain Marvel 2, have to do. Guardians 3, have to do. So you've got to figure out whatever they're building to is going to involve Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Guardians, which Captain Marvel and Guardians are kind of space, intergalactic, universe, galaxy-related type stuff. So I think it's going to be something on the scale of involving beings from plenty of different planets coming together for the next set of movies that's interesting you mentioned guardians of the galaxy and that being a new new not new direction they have to have number three i do remember you had james gunn i was like right after part two came out he said that part three is going to be more heavily focused on gomorrah As opposed to the Guardians, which is interesting because now the Guardians are trying to find Gamora. So you're going to see a lot more of what happens to Gamora now. So that's kind of neat how that's playing together. That is so cool. I've never heard. You heard that in an interview somewhere? Yeah. That is so awesome because it makes sense at the end of this movie, you see Peter Quill looking at a picture or something of Gamora. And it's obvious that Gamora does not remember Peter Quill. She doesn't know Drax. She doesn't know Groot. So it's going to be cool seeing them kind of... Maybe finding her and then trying to bring her into the Guardians of the Galaxy. And she's probably going to be reticent. Like, I don't know you guys. I know my sister Nebula, but I don't know any of the rest of you. And it's going to be really cool seeing that a brand new interaction between a new Gamora and the Guardians that we all know and love. And when Gamora says... Really? This guy? <laughs> yeah. It's either him or a tree. <laughs> That's good. That is so funny. <laughs> Your options are limited there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so looking forward to Guardians 3. That might be the most... Definitely. I look forward to that way more than any new Star Wars kind of movie. Or a new Black Panther. Oh, we didn't mention. There has to be a new Doctor Strange movie. Um, And I really liked how at the end, all of the people who were snapped, but fighting that final battle, they all came back through maybe portals that he and Wong were making. You know, they were all uh, sorcerer kind of portals that they were all coming in from different places to fight Thanos and his group at the end. But it wasn't just he and Wong. He also had other sorcerers that were there that were... Well, yeah, but I'm just saying sorcerer, you know, portals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. cool. And, um, you know, what's interesting is, I guess... Uh, from all intents and purposes, it looks like um, Thor did still lose half of, no, actually, no. Yeah, he still lost half of his Asgardians, as well as um, Idris Elba's character is dead as well now, right? Because they undid the snap. I shouldn't say undid the snap. They re-snapped everybody back into existence, but that's not going to bring the Asgardians back. So he still lost half of his people. Yeah, definitely. That's for sure. That's freaking sad. So maybe that's another reason why he just still couldn't go on, could not be king of the Asgardians because well, he just couldn't you know deal with that. You know what? Take that back. Um, Yeah, he obviously lost half of them, which is, is very true. But you can see, weren't there some Asgardians that came in through the portals too to fight? I would have to rewatch it. I was just so caught up in the emotions. Like I was looking like the screen was so full of heroes and good guys and bad guys. I'd have to rewatch it again. There's one part where the cameras pull back in the sky and it looks like armored Asgardians coming through. Then maybe it was, but it could have been Asgardians from Nova Scotia or wherever they were on Earth. I just don't know. Yeah, sorry. I'm not saying that, you know, because he destroyed in the ship all those as guardians which you can absolutely see that i'm just saying that we know there are a good amount of still as guardians out there oh yeah gotcha gotcha so i mean that could be another reason why earlier you said you didn't like how he gave the reins to uh valkyrie but it makes sense through his mistakes he wasn't able to fight fan fight thanos off the first time he still lost half of his people uh through that earlier mistake that he made or that earlier failure in infinity war Yeah, and so instead of actually giving it to her, saying, you know, your highness, I would say, you hold the fort until I get back. Like, this is what I do. Oh, okay. That makes sense, too. If if he would have said that, I'd be like, right on. I think that's good. He needs to be be a warrior like he is now doing this, where he's literally abdicating his entire throne. I was like, oh, that's just not right. Well... It's been five years, right? Maybe she has actually been, in the five years, he's been drinking beer, playing Xbox with Korg, and just ignoring the Asgardians, and maybe for five years now, she has demonstrated that she's been leading the Asgardians, and at the end of battle, maybe she brought them all to fight Thanos and his brood, right? So maybe she has demonstrated, even though we don't see it in the movie, maybe she's de- demonstrated a really good ability at leading the Asgardians. Well, I'm not saying anything about her leading or anything like that, but giving up the throne. The throne is something that's that's really it's like a pinnacle, or it's it's like you can't just give it away to somebody else, or at least you, you should like it's it's in their bloodline and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and so I see to, what you're saying. That's where I was like completely leading. That's fine, totally, totally understandable. But literally to give up the the throne, give up the crown when that's in his blood that's anyways that's that's where i'm because he's he's basically they call him a god you know he's a god of thunder the lord of thunder lord of sparkle fingers that's Um, right and but she is not she's just a valkyrie and so yeah but i just kind of think they should have done that a little differently okay i got you i i i see what you're saying right there cool beans cool beans um, so let's see here. I think we've covered everything we normally cover. Holy cow, this has been a long episode right here. And um, if somebody has gotten to the end of this episode, good for you. Gold yeah. star for you. Yeah, Man, thank that's you awesome. so much for listening to us rattle on, you know. Yeah. And it's been fun for us. And so I want to hear what you guys believe and think and all that sort of stuff. So um, go check out our podcast show notes page. Sky will give that in just a few minutes, but uh, go there, talk to us. We want to hear all your comments on this stuff. Cause I know you guys love it as well. Um, and so anywhere in the comments, just leave it in the comments. We'll get back to you. Cool beans. Thank you very much for mentioning that, Dust. So next week, this was a kind of a simultaneous, a dual choice for Endgame. And, you know, we couldn't do it. I mean, it's not even a choice. We have to do this one for this week. But next week, Dust, I want to give you the opportunity to choose next week's movie. So what are we going to learn from next week? I love the Marvel MCU. And... I want to pick, coming off of this, the end game, and culminating of everything, there are some movies that I love, but we have not been able to do because we started the podcast afterwards. All that to say, I want to do, and I brought it up many, many times, or at least parts of it, I want to do Thor Ragnarok. Oh my gosh, dude. That is such a good choice. Let me tell you, me and the boys, because Ragnarok, I purchased it on Amazon, But then it's also on Netflix. So we literally watch it at least once every three or four weeks since it's come out. Absolutely. We watch it. I don't even know how many times we watch it. And the kids... Absolutely love it. I mean, it's just, it's it's a good storytelling movie. It's funny. It has great action, all that good stuff. It's great. Just like when you think of part two, The Dark World, there's there's really not much of that. There's a little bit, but this is such a better storytelling and it's such more enjoyable to watch. And so I'm looking forward to do it because I, we, I brought up Ragnarok and the things that have happened in Ragnarok in other podcast episodes. So it'd be great to actually do the Ragnarok. I agree with you. I'm really glad you made that choice. So, for everybody, next week, watch Ragnarok before you download and listen to this episode for sure. And of course, Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And like Dusty had mentioned earlier, let us know what you think. Let us know what lessons you took away from this movie because we were honestly not really paying attention for lessons. We were watching this for the love of the MCU. So all you have to do is go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod46. Leave a comment, view our two (laughs) life lessons and watch the trailer there as well. And of course, once again, my name is sky and this is dusty and we will return next week with thor ragnarok